I've got a couple new people or a new person. We've got some vets. And so um, can't wait to talk about uh, today's topic. I'm Janelle, um, co-host of Echoes. Why am I stumbling? Like, I know what I do. Co-host of Echoes on Air. And producer. And producer, sure. Uh, hi, I'm Chris. I'm the co-host. Um, you know me. I say my name a lot. Hi. Yep, it's true. <laughs> hi, I'm Liz Nichols, and this is my second time on the podcast. Excited to be back. Welcome back. And hey, I am Dylan. This is my first time on the podcast. I'm super excited. Yay. <laughs> so uh, I am super excited about this um, topic. We're going to talk about symbols and words and their power uh, also, how they get hijacked, why they get hijacked, and if we can hijack that. Um, so I'm really excited about this topic because, as I've told most of you guys, it's kind of been in my brain for like about a year. I've wanted to talk about it really since uh, the whole debate about the flag kind of came up. And since then, there have been a few more things that have kind of come out. So um, even in researching, I was looking at like words and I guess, and oh, for the listeners, we did a survey uh, where we had about like 40 people respond. So we'll be talking about some of the responses on the survey. Um, that was a super interesting uh, response as well. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess the first question I want to ask you guys, uh, what is like, how important do you think symbols and words are specifically within society right now or social justice movements in general or, or What's your opinion? I mean, I think they're they're everything, personally. Like, I think communication is, like, the most important thing for us. It what It's what binds us together and such. You could go all hippie about it. But I think, like, you know, if we don't have symbols and we don't have language, then what else do we have to, to share and connect with each other? And the way that it is used is so, so, so important to how we perceive each other oh excuse me and and communicate with each other you know so i i think it's abundantly incredibly important if not the the most important thing we have to connect with each other that's just that's just me personally though i agree and i think Mm -hmm. that the whole idea of co-opting um symbols and language it's all about power Mm -hmm. because how we communicate with others you know and how we interact it, it you know either you're on a level playing field or you have people that you know position themselves hierarchical mm-hmm. I guess I'm saying that right mm-hmm. um and so it just to me it's important um, for all the reasons you said Dylan and then on top of that there's this layer of who's in control and the power that the words and language wield mm-hmm. yeah And I think, so what I found interesting um, in terms of response, a lot of people, I think, agree with that. Um, I rated it one to five, and it was like 37% said it was a 5%, 33% said it was a four, and then it went down from there to like 3%, uh, I'm sorry, 26% said they thought it was a three. So if nothing else, I think most of the people who responded agree that it's pretty important in terms. So having that foundation and kind of um, moving towards some of these things that we've talked about or that we're going to talk about with words or symbols. I don't know. What do you guys want to talk about first, words or symbols? Because we got some good stuff. mm -hmm. Well, I was wondering if we could just um, kind of 
define what kinds of words and symbols we're talking about. Sure. So obviously, like some of the things we're talking about are slurs. Some of the things we're talking about are, you know, have been symbols of um, oppressive regimes like the swastika, which and it actually has an interesting history that I, I hope we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, more contested symbols like the American flag, the Confederate flag. Um, in many places, I'm sure in a lot of places, like the Cuban flag is probably very like contested. Does this mean like wonderful revolution or does this mean like oppressive government that like mm-hmm. took my family's land and right. like made me flee the country, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, we have, we have, um, because Janelle always, I don't, people don't know this, Janelle makes everything like so prepared. Like we have such a, <laughs> we have like a list of questions. We have like, like links to refer to. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> So, so we have we have a lot of different words here that we're going to talk about, but even like phrases like "all lives matter" and "black lives mm-hmm. matter," um, I think that that's the kind of contested um, phrases and words and symbols that we want to explore today. And so, I mean, as far as which one to start with, I'm, well, I don't have a preference. I don't have a preference either. Do you guys? I've I've got nothing. I don't either. Oh. But the flag, well, okay. the, the the survey question uh-huh. about the flag, I found it extremely interesting. That fascinating. Yeah. Yes. That what was it? Um, the percentage of people. Um, how do you feel when you see the U.S. flag? Um, Twenty-four people skipped that question. Right. Mm. And then you go to the and other question. Was like forty something. Yeah. Respondents, right. I believe. Right. And then number three. It asks how many rhetoric or movements in the past five years changed. How do you feel about the flag? If so, what? No one answered that. It's or I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, 23 people skipped mm-hmm. that question as well. Mm-hmm. And so when you compare that to how many people skipped the other questions, right. that's relatively high. And and I want to also be clear, <laughs> just just for um, transparency. The question number three was added after some people had already taken the survey. Okay. Because I had gotten some feedback that was that said this was a hard question for me. But I think also a follow-up, a good follow-up, shout out to Tiffany Agard. Um, but Tiffany sent me a message and was like, can I give you some feedback? Um, I think that a, a good follow-up question to that would be this. And it and we got a lot of good responses to that. So in fairness, I would say a lot of the people maybe skipped three because Technically, it wasn't on there. Now, I will say, that being said, I went back and looked at it as soon as I added it. Um, and it, at the time that I added that question, it only said 21 had skipped. So only 21 had taken. So still, there are a couple of people that did skip that question. Well, and also, I mean, I think perhaps the more the more telling thing is that question two was on it the whole time, which says, how do you exactly. feel when you see the U.S. flag? Mm-hmm. And the, and the options were proud or disappointed. And I think part of it is that a lot of people don't feel just proud or just disappointed. Exactly. Or don't feel yeah. proud or disappointed. Some people feel... Nothing. Right. Some people feel perfectly indifferent. Like, I, yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like it's a thing. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe... Or it might change with their day. That's true. Mm -hmm. Today, they might feel pretty disappointed. Tomorrow, they might feel proud. It could also change that way, too. I thought it was interesting that it was was by far 
the most skipped question. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the second highest most skipped question had, I think, 10 people who didn't yeah. answer, 12 mm-hmm. people. Yeah. This one has twice as many. Yeah. More than half the people who took the survey skipped that question. Skipped the question. Now, what I will say, too, to that that I think is interesting is when you're looking, wait, now I'm looking at it. Most <laughs> of the people that did skip it, or the people who didn't skip it, a lot of the answers said conflicted. Mm-hmm. And I think... I, I'm I'm throwing this on people who skip the question. I don't know who they are, but I'm throwing this on them. I wonder if, just like you're saying, Chris, that's that's why the, the the question was skipped is because the people who did answer kind of summed it up by saying conflicted. Like it changes. Maybe maybe I don't really know. But mm-hmm. what I do think is is still a telling thing with the American flag is it's supposed to be this symbol, this emblem that immediately draws North Americans, U.S. residents together. That's mm-hmm. that's what is said of the flag. This shows our unity. And the fact that out of 43 people, people are like, I mean... You better not answer that one. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Well, I think because personally, I always... Well, here recently, I'll say in the last few years, I become more conflicted Mm -hmm. about it. And so I will stand, but here lately, I don't recite it Mm -hmm. and I don't place my hand over my heart. Um, But it depends sometimes in the setting that I'm in, um, particularly if it's like work, Mm -hmm. um, I'll stand and maybe maybe I'll put my hand over my heart, but I don't recite the words. Mm -hmm. And so in looking at that question of the the pledge. Yeah. uh, uh, Yeah. I don't say the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm -hmm. Um, And I grew up, you know, this was, you know, ingrained. And I think I think in all fairness, the whole um, police brutality and what Colin Kaepernick began made me have an internal dialogue Mm -hmm. about what he was doing, what does it mean, and what is my belief system in all of this. Which, shout out to Cap as well, because Mm -hmm. a lot of the responses that people said with respect to was there something, some rhetoric that happened, they mentioned Cap. And that's what he was trying to do. So if nothing else, whether you agree or disagree, his goal he, he achieved his goal for sure because mm-hmm. a lot of people have thought about it mm-hmm. a lot of people have had that internal dialogue mm-hmm. with themselves about about how they feel and I think I, I think I I have a hard time I'm, I'm not in a situation where I ever have to recite uh, the pledge or mm-hmm. stand for the national anthem I'm just I'm yeah, not right. I I live a pretty reclusive life this is where I live right here <laughs> and then I go to the theater and we're not doing. We're not saying the pledge or, or anything like that. Oh, so really? We don't. You don't do the pledge. No, we don't do that play? before every show. <laughs> I, no. I, wow, every play I've ever been in. We just yeah, play. every time. I'm just, I know they're they're getting away from it these days. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I I am lucky that I am not in that situation. Now I will say, um, I felt a way. I went to a lecture recently and. I, I felt like I got duped. Like I like like somebody like you were standing, we were standing for the Negro national anthem. Mm-hmm. And then they turned around and snuck in the other one and I'm already standing. I was like, oh wait, oh wait, am I supposed to sit? Oh god. What do I do? I felt like I was in church. Like right. sit stand, kneel, sit stand, kneel, what do I right. do? Um but I totally got like 
I, like I didn't know how to, but I knew that my initial thing is to sit mm-hmm. or to kneel or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do feel that conflict. So I think it's interesting. Like you're like, I don't, sometimes I put my hand over, sometimes I don't, you just, and you also don't know who's watching because sometimes you just don't want to start that conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just not in the space to have that conversation with you today. So let me just go ahead and put my hand over my heart. So you'll shut up. I'll shut up and we'll walk away. Right. Yeah. I think the Colin Copper and Kaepernick situation is like a very, very interesting point to bring up because the backlash from him kneeling is so intense mm-hmm. and people are so, so passionate mm-hmm. about that. And I think that the flag can have that much of a response from people is is just mind blowing mm-hmm. to me. You know, the, mm-hmm. the fact that people will will be that critical of someone who does not follow every procedure for respecting your country's flag mm-hmm. really shows how much power that Simple. that has. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. It's and because like yeah. a lot of it has to do with like people aren't even people can agree with the reasons that he's doing it, mm-hmm. but they will not accept the fact that he won't follow every procedure. Which is an interesting statement on power. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, fine, you're right, but be right the way I want you to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, and on top of that, the fact that, you know, people often um, say, well, you know, you're disrespecting veterans, when in fact he first was sitting mm-hmm. and was not even kneeling. And it wasn't until he had a conversation with a veteran that said, hey, you know, consider this. And that's what made him change. But I also find it very interesting. One, I think it's about people question your patriotism. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's what the flag is. It's a symbol of patriotism. And so if you're not standing and revering and saying the pledge or singing the national anthem, then somehow you're not, you don't love America or your country. And I think um, it's the exact opposite. It's like James Baldwin saying, I, I can, you know, because, because I, I love, love America. So much. Mm-hmm. I can, in I fact, it's my duty too. to criticize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also find it interesting. It's all about, too, who is doing this. So Kaepernick, an African-American male, you know, decides to make this statement. But then I go back and I start thinking, well, who else? And I see images. Tebow, he can kneel mm-hmm. during it because he's doing it in terms of, um, a Christian faith faith base, and, and so what if he were Muslim, and that that, that was my exact thought. Because so mm-hmm. what if a Muslim player had got down and knelt, mm-hmm. and 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 you know was posturing in that manner? I I can assure you, most of America would have had a, a fit. Yeah, absolutely. So it's all about following this kind of Christian and white perception mm-hmm. um, belief system of what is acceptable in terms of displaying your patriotism and Mm -hmm. that to me goes back to what I had said earlier about this notion of power yeah Mm -hmm. which also patriotism versus nationalism is also a conversation you could have with respect to like um, words being misused um, because patriotism and nationalism are completely different not at all yeah the same totally different are you really wanting it to be patriotism because I think that some of the things that people kneel for, the reasons that they kneel for, are patriotic. Um, when you look at the definition, of, 
nationalism hinges more on the superiority of a nation, um, mm. whereas patriotism is more on the pride of that nation. So I think it, what you're saying is, is if he's saying, I'm not proud, but this is how I feel like we can get there, is that not the most patriotic thing you can do is to call out the things that you're not proud of and actually become find ways to make you to find pride again in, in the thing that it stands for. Yeah. And I think also understanding the misuse of those words, those are not interchangeable words. <laughs> you no, and students, as a college professor, students have a really hard time with that. Mm. And so what I tend to do is have them look up the word, but they need something sometimes just like not flowery, you know, mm -hmm. Webster's or whatever. And so the best way I've found to explain it, and it may not be totally accurate, but it works in, usually in the, in the lecture situation, is that nationalism to me is like patriotism on crack. Like mm. you've just lost your mind. Mm -hmm. So if you study European history, nationalism is what always has ended mm -hmm. in <laughs> wars, mm -hmm. major world wars and mm -hmm. all of that. And so students are like, oh, okay, I said, there's nothing wrong with you being proud of your country. But when it, it becomes where it clouds your ability to embrace differences in others, mm -hmm. then you've, you've, you've turned from patriotism and you're headed down a very slippery slope of nationalism. Mm -hmm. And so students are like, oh, okay, I, I understand that, you know, kind of helps them understand how someone like a Hitler, you mm -hmm. know, comes into, mm -hmm. comes into power. And so. I, I would like to pose the question just for the sake of discussion of, it has become a very popular thing recently to actively dislike America, to actively hate the, the United States. And I would like to pose the question of is patriotism necessarily a positive thing? You know, is having too much pride in your country, does it, does it blind you from its flaws? Does it blind you from what you can critique and what you can make better? I don't think that's necessarily true. I think a big, I, I think America, the United States is, is founded on the belief that you can criticize the rules and criticize people in power. And I think without that criticism, you don't have the country that we all live in today. But some people would, would argue against that. Some people would, would say that the United States as it's set up is a, is a bad system. Is, you know, it treats people poorly. It treats people unfairly. Is it right to have pride in that? I feel like I might say something very similar to you, so I'm trying to decide if I let you talk or not. No, go ahead. I'm still processing. It's a really good question. <laughs> it is a on. good question. I think I can give you my answer. So my answer is, is I'm proud of the words that were used to construct our country. Sure. Yeah. I don't think that the actions were ever equivalent to the words. And which mm. words? I mean, right, yeah. I mean, so no, I, I, and I get that question. So I think, I guess, or so if I just, because that could be the whole podcast, right? But um, if I just go by this whole one nation under God, indivisible type of situation, even if I go, uh, give me, you're tired, give me, if, if I go to this land of inclusion, and I, I don't think that was ever, a thing. Um, 
I don't think it was ever meant for people of color or women. I think that the words that were used that I'm assuming, and of course this is all generalization because we're not speaking specifics, but that you're talking about in terms of how the country was built and, and the system that we created, I don't think that the system was built for those people. So mm -hmm. can I be proud of the idea of constructing a country that is open to criticism in order to serve the many as opposed to the few? Yes. Mm -hmm. I don't think that those words were ever meant for a majority of the people that were here at the time. Yeah. I just, I, I don't, and I don't think ever. And so I think that's where the word pride for me is funny because I don't think it was ever meant, not, not just recently, not just when we started to call into question louder because it's been called into question forever. But I think, I don't think it was ever meant for that. Well, let me let me take a, a sort of sideways approach to the question of like, is patriotism useful, right? So, like historically speaking, patriotism is extremely useful. Patriotism is how you convince Uniting. peasants who are not necessarily <laughs> treated extraordinarily well that they will be treated better under the monarch that says we are the English people than under the new monarch that says no, yeah, now you're part of France right? or vice versa. <laughs> right. um, and I think that we obviously saw that idea start to break down more and more around World War One and World War II, um, where, you know, like trench warfare and, and the idea that there's a, this the Wilfred Owen poem where he's like, uh, this, is, this is an old lie to say that it is sweet and proper to die for one's country, right? And so I think first we saw it break down then, and then we see it break down further the longer... America in particular goes without a generalized conscription war. You know what I mean? Like patriotism used to mean for literally everyone in society, at least one person in their family who died, quote unquote, for the flag. Yeah. But we don't really have that in America anymore. I mean, there was Vietnam, but even Vietnam, like, because it was, I'm not going to say it was short because it was long and horrible, but like, because it was comparatively short like I don't think there I'm sure that I have family members who were in who would have been drafted but no no immediate family members mm -hmm. and also like the draft was so random it wasn't like like I mean I don't have the historical stats but maybe you might know but like <laughs> I would assume that in World War II most eligible men went to war or or mm -hmm. were at least serving the armed forces in some capacity. Whereas in Vietnam, there was a draft, but it wasn't like every single man between 18 and whatever. And then there was also the exception for people who were in college, you know, so. Well, it was I, very disproportionate. And I, w I would argue that y I think you're right in terms of like the whole war and fighting for one's country. But I think war in and of itself is always about being able to control, you know, mm -hmm global entities they you know you wouldn't use the word globalization or anything until probably after Vietnam mm -hmm. but that's the whole purpose so this idea that maybe it happened started like World War One I, I would take it back to the American Revolution I mean there was this whole idea of like you know rich white men in 
now the colonies, well, what you're doing in Britain is not really working for us right. economically, and so we're going to go ahead and challenge that status quo, that establishment. You know, and, it, and it's always been about either the economics of it, and part of the economics is also making sure that you close the door to the masses because you're not going to, you know, you're not getting my slice of the pie too. Mm-hmm. That's the belief system. You so know. even the American Revolution was about the children of poor people dying for the interest of rich people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that she paused for a second, but no. No, yeah, no you're right. I started pause, thinking, yeah, I mean, yeah. and there's a whole, you know, without, this is not a historical podcast, but so there's a whole historiography and literature about that because not everyone agrees with that mindset. You know, there's right. like the Charles right. uh, Mary Baird, they do a whole you know, study about that, that this was not this, oh, we're fighting for all of these principles. No, this was about money mm-hmm. and about the ability to, you know, ship and all of that. And we like the narrative is is, is drilled down to patriotism mm-hmm. and all of that because that's a feel-good story. That's the, even our, our, our initial founding story is tainted. It's not correct. The pilgrims, you know, as kids, what we had to do with the hat yeah. and the oh, turkey yeah, and all that. Man. And the turkey with the five hands. Exactly, five exactly. Fingers. That's 1620, 30, you, yeah. y'all. That, Jamestown was 1607, so why is that not our foundational history? Because they came here right. to pillage. They're looking for gold. Why would right. we start with that story? Yeah. No, they had this first meal together. There's no, there's no genocide. There's no, so that... Only the, because we finished. Like, right. we're, yeah. we're done killing for this week. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. But that, and that to me is powerful imagery, symbolism, the turkey. I mean, it wasn't even a national holiday until 1863, I think, yeah. like Lincoln. Yeah. So it's oh. about. Yeah. yeah, it was a Lincoln thing. A yeah. patriotic holiday to smooth over the fact that we just had a big civil war. Yay, Yay. patriotism. Exactly. Exactly. Again, with symbols and words and things that we misuse and we cover up. So to answer your question, I think the answer is, is it useful? But I guess the sub-question would be, for what? And to to what end? Yeah. Mm. Is it useful to whom? Yeah, but it is a good question and something to continue to think about. I think that patriotism, I think then the answer is patriotism is useful if you are invested in an idea of the United States that has existed for a long time. And if that idea has not been useful to you, then you are probably not going to be that patriotic. And so Mm -hmm. I think, you know, maybe rather than fighting about it all the time, maybe the people that like, hey, I love America, patriotic, patriotic, should find ways to make America work better for the people that don't like it so much. But instead, we'd rather fight over symbols rather than right. like giving people reasons instead to of like actually the having the conversation about why the symbols are problematic yeah. or or why the symbols are bringing up whatever feelings that they're bringing up because there is that long history of whatever like there are two sides to every story so mm-hmm. or 12 as the case may be mm-hmm. i do think that it's an interesting point that you bring up that the people who can benefit off of patriotism are more willing to to i don't know get get rid of uh push away people who are quote-unquote unpatriotic towards the flag than they are to accommodate those people and to bring them in and to to are willing to change you know and and criticize their country is it a is it a pride thing you think is it 
an emotional connection to this to I mean, this it's symbol? Not, no, it's not just pride. It's like I mean, okay, so you think back to like like September 11th, right, which was horrible and awful, and a lot of people felt literally physically unsafe. You know, like mm-hmm. like like in the immediate aftermath. First off. I didn't understand. I mean, I was ten. Okay, mm-hmm. so I didn't understand oh, I'm so old. that <laughs> when they said, <laughs> "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." I well, and you don't want to ask how old he was. No, no. <laughs> when they said that the World Trade Center had been hit, I didn't understand at first that that wasn't like up there on 35, right? Right. right. And but to even expand from that, it wasn't just that, like you know, I, not everybody was ten. Not everybody thought that you know. Not everybody was born. It was up the street. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> but the point was a lot of people we didn't know where there was going to be a plane flown into right. next you didn't know what was happening next that's it, a very <laughs> it's a very scary yeah and but, people's refuge from that was the idea of america and the flag we need to stand together the government they, yeah if and, we if we work together and but not even just work together like literally who's going to save me from getting a plane flown into my building the us government like who's going to save me from literally dying and, and who's going to make me feel safe again mm-hmm. is the myth of America. The, America's going to put a boot up your ass. That whole thing, which, like, it's easy to mock it and to make it sound silly because in a lot of ways it is. Like, uh, a boot up your ass, really? That sounds like a very dumb reaction <laughs> to people dying, but okay. <laughs> but at the same time, if that made... There are some people who... who weren't sleeping at night who needed that myth of america to literally sleep at night so like mm-hmm. i think this just goes back to like symbols are very powerful on a like literal physical level and mm-hmm. I, I don't know why everything has to be become physical for us to believe that it's real mm-hmm. but like you know there's 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 america means a lot to people for a reason and and it's easy to dismiss that and be like well if you really knew the history then you would get over that but mm-hmm. It's not always easy to get over what helps you sleep at night or what, you know, people think about, like, there's a lot of people who don't have a whole lot of reasons to feel proud about themselves or don't feel like they do. But you know what they can be proud about? They live in America, the biggest and the best and the baddest. And we have the biggest military and we save Europe in World War II and we can kick anybody. But we're America. And Mm -hmm. that group identity gives them a value that especially for white people who have been, for very good reasons, sort of disallowed having racial pride mm-hmm. because, you know, Nazis. Um, whereas, you know, like, in a, in a certain way, it can be easier for minorities in this country to not need that symbol of America because we have, painstakingly, over many years, built other group systems to be proud of. Mm-hmm. Even, it doesn't have to be racial. Texas. People... Listen, mm-hmm. Texas is a Okay, so right. for, the, for those of you, most of you are in Texas, but for those of you who aren't, because we do still have some listeners elsewhere, and when people would ask me where I'm from, I would say Texas. Right. I'm in a whole other country. Right. And do you know what people would say? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they know where Texas is. That's Texas right. is, a, it, we are Texan first. It is a thing. For some reason... And 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 I and I subscribe to it. I don't know. I don't know. Like I wasn't yeah. told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have that 
conversation. You didn't have to be told they knocked it over your head in school. Right, but when? <laughs> True. But like, Texas I don't, history. Yes, oh you've taken Texas history like five grade. times. But I, just, I literally yes. thought that that was something that everybody in every state did. I thought every state yes. taught state yes. history. Didn't you guys have Delaware history right. I I in that. seventh grade? I thought that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. So it never even occurred to me that... Ohio might not have had <laughs> Ohio history. history. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I feel like it was every three years, I feel it was like, like state history, national history, Texas national history government. part two, mm-hmm. state history. Texas history. Texas mm-hmm. government. Throw like in te- a world history there. <laughs> oh, there right, right, right. We had State, one. Felt- national world. State, national world. Oh, my world. God. I had and more I think- Texas history classes than world history classes. Yes. That's crazy. I forget world history. We had, like, I had fake world, world history. history like, I did not have world history. What is fake world history? <laughs> instead of oh. actual world history. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And I think I only had it for half a semester, if I'm being honest. I think it was split with that and government. Or maybe it was government no, like, and statistics or, or something and like econ. that. I in high school, econ. it's government and econ. Mm-hmm. In yeah, high yeah. school, it's government and econ. Mm-hmm. Which was also half half was government and it was accurate and half was econ. And that was a bunch of <laughs> laugher curve, questionable uh, approaches to econ. <laughs> <laughs> but here's a question I have is like, so why can't, why is it um, like something that can't be in the same basket? I'm patriotic, but I but I also know the truth about my country, and I love it so much that I'm going I'm going to question or I want to know I want people to know the truth of how we got here. So I was at a a conference a couple weeks ago, and I'm part of this team for cultural responsiveness, like making your classroom cultural responsive, and and we're gonna like talk. I, I was happy to see because for me, I teach you know U.S. history, but and it's probably very different than a lot of my peers teach it. But then I also teach an African-American emphasis class, which is very different than mm-hmm. the regular, you know, but still different. And I just wonder, like, why can't all the history be like, here's the damn truth? Right. You know, yeah. I, I, just I think like, the answer to that is because it is, it's threatening. I feel like, right. I feel like that's the answer. Um, because... If, if we talk too much about it, um, then some of these systems, I think, I think it will start a domino effect. So like, let's just, let's just educate ourselves on the history and find out, oh, wait, that's what that meant? Wait, so if that's what that meant when they wrote this part of the declaration, then this. Wait, but then they built this system on the declaration. Wait, so if they did that and the housing that we have right now, I think it's too threatening. I think that people see mm-hmm. further down the line. And so let's just act like it didn't happen or let's just move on. Because if you open people's eyes to it, then it will at minimum be questioned, at maximum be corrected. And once it's corrected, somebody's losing money, which we just went back to. Yeah. Somebody's Ooh. losing money. Somebody's Ooh. losing power. Somebody's losing status. Right. Somebody's losing but why why lie like in Texas there's like this now push through the textbooks and you'll you know Macmillan and they you know address it after a mother lost her mind you know that to say that actually you know not use the word slavery oh yeah you mm-hmm. you're you're on a paid uh, unpaid internship like why just lie because now we're just going to lie mean things. right yeah. words meet my favorite favorite saying words, words mean, mean 
things. And the absence of words also means things. And you're saying so much when you say nothing Nothing at all. I mean, I've seen I've seen documentaries of Texas governors who are going through textbooks and and editing and correcting and and taking out no we mm-hmm. can't use this word because that word's too provocative mm-hmm. or this word's too you know and it's it's interesting how people will fight over those words over that clarity mm-hmm. uh i don't know it's 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 interesting to see that because it is it is just a muddying of what was actually going on and it does it does benefit people in power to do that so yep. of course they will so it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see that. And I also so the writer in me that finds it interesting is not so you spend all this time creating something and you write these words and you put them on paper and then you send them to somebody who is going to look at it, tell you where the commas should go, an editor, right? And I always say that there are two people in that story, and the editor actually has more power because. I can give you all the words, and if they remove one or five out of a certain amount, it can change the entire context. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what you see happening. We can give you all the history, but if somebody comes back and edits it, I I didn't find out until I went on, I think I've said this before, but I went on a a tour of Dallas with my daddy. Um, Oh, Ed Gray. Ed Gray, the host of the Commission Radio Show. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. Make sure you watch. Uh, Oh, except I don't really know that. I I can't plug properly because I don't know the dates and times. I'm an awful plugger. He's Uh, learning. He's learning, I apologize. I apologize, Mr. Gray. I will learn when your show (laughs) is so I can properly plug. (laughs) Daddy is the one who taught him how to plug when he came to the show. Because he was relentless. He was flawless. (laughs) Trying to get on that level. But um, so I went on this thing and what I what I had learned on it was like black history in Dallas. And what I had learned was even our like our plaques are so heavily edited. They won't Mm. even allow you to put the plaque on until it goes through whatever approval process. So Mm -hmm. if you're trying to um, set something up as a historical site and you're trying to say that this building was burned down during this place. Uh, during this time, at this time, for this reason, racism, terrorism, insert whatever is word right. you want to put there, um, it was burned down for that reason, they can go back and say, we're not going to put that marker on that building unless you change it to it burned down, which then removes the entire context. Means mm. to me, they had a horrible electrical situation. Oh, and that sucks. Right. Yeah. right, exactly. That was Wasn't horrible. I'm so glad down. that they were able to burn it. Uh, they were able to rebuild it. Good for them. Right. That means something completely different. Mm-hmm. And that editor has so much power, which also pulls up, which we can kind of switch a little bit, to words. Individual, mm-hmm. one word can change the entire context um, in anything, really. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you put it in or you take it out, hokey pokey. Style. Not just one word, one syllable. What, right. In in very popular cases, right. I mean, this is this is we're saying words, right? Mm-hmm. We're saying we are saying mm-hmm. slurs, right? So we're saying nigger words. versus nigga is two unrelated. Not unrelated. They're very historically related, but they're two functionally not the same word. Right. Doesn't mean the same thing. Doesn't operate the same. Doesn't. Yeah. Which but I think if you changes. say that though then you 
is it then okay, and that was something on the list to discuss, is it okay then for a non-black person to say nigga with the A right. and not, right. you know. No. Oh, okay, and so you see how it becomes yeah, confusing to for people. Right. I oh, feel and like, it yo, can I'm get like, confusing was, too. Yeah, yeah, and I'm with you because I'm like, yeah, I'm not saying it's not confusing. I'm still saying you can't say it. <laughs> right. But like, like, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, you're right. You're mm-hmm. right. Is it fair? <laughs> what slavery? I mean, right. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> like, but I agree. I agree. There does, especially like when it then becomes pop culture, and then like, well, I was just singing along to the song. But, and, and then the response to that is the entire point is that, oh, look, here is one aspect of regular American culture to which you do not have as- access. Right. And Chrissy Teigen, because um, I, you know, would never, I like and I read and I mm-hmm. don't, because her clap back is vicious, flawless, so strong. But she even said, I mean, and she's married to a black man, so she said, uh, the whole conversation came up about saying that word and she, oh, if I'm just singing, she's like, no. Even if you're singing, she's like, I am this years old and I have never said that word, even singing a song. Right. She was like very clear about it. She said, it's just not that hard. I just like, I'm silent when that word Mm -hmm. is used. And and so to me, she understands the power of that word, the history behind it, and that that's not something she feels comfortable appropriating. Mm -hmm. And so that, but that requires people to actually self-reflect. And Mm -hmm. we're just generally not very good at that. Mm -hmm. And full stop. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's also, you know, I've, I've all the times that this conversation has come up because it will never die. The conversation will never die. Um, So I, I have used the word before. I may this weekend. I don't know. Right. Um, and and if you were to ask my mother, she'd be like, I am so. But listen, I have. I absolutely have. I will say, I don't think I used it until I was in college. So I think that's also. I actually got so much. I got in like huge trouble when I was like 10. I think I was like, I think it was like a song off Velvet Rope. Mm-hmm. And I was First like. First of all, Velvet. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Why was I listening to Velvet? See, that's what I'm trying to say. I, but hey, but we're focusing listen, on the, on the well, end. I think it's because like ja- Janet Jackson was like okay for children-ish pre-Velvet Rope. I think my parents and then still had. Rope, she lost her whole filter, which was great. I mean, yeah. it's an amazing album. Um, but my parents still had like nothing really doesn't really matter. Uh, let's wait a while, Janet, in mm-hmm. mind. Uh-huh, I think. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyway, nah, this Velvet was getting this. Velvet this, was this, a different this, Janet. This, this Janet was getting tied up. Listen, this Janet was a whole other Janet. And I think honestly, like, like again, I was like maybe eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. And basically the, the line was something about something about something, probably like ain't shit nigga or something. Uh, and I didn't say shit because I knew that was a cuss right. word. <laughs> Not a good word. But Not the other word. And so when my, when my parents yelled at me about it, they were like, did you say it? I was like, no, I didn't I say didn't the cuss say word. The word. But and I was not I was not clear on the fact that like at eight that nigga was a cuss word. Didn't know, didn't Went totally over my head. But I, I, I mean, is it, it's an age thing too, right? Is mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's like a, per, it's a, it's a yeah. generational thing. And I, I, and watching some of the clips, um, in terms of the development of of the word, you know, it it really became popular with NWA. It really mm-hmm. became popular during that era of I mean, of nineties. But yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the, the wide usage culture. of it in oh, terms of yeah. pop culture and moving into pop culture. Mm-hmm. The usage of it 
honestly, is super new. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about since you were born, right? People before then were still associating it with something negative. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. At least in like a a pop culture context. Right. In like a public sphere context. And what other race, and that to me is the problematic Right. In and of itself. But mm-hmm. what other group of people have had terminology like change and evolve for them? So you have slave, you have the N-word, you mm-hmm. have Negro, mm-hmm. you have colored. Mm-hmm. African-American. You have black. black American. You have black, black. first. Black. And then you have African-American. And so I saw this quote. I had to write it down because it said to be African-American is to be African without memory and American without privilege. Mm. Well, that was old. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know who. I, I found it and I kept looking How about you go ahead and send me that quote too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on, who said patient. it? Because it was in a quote and I was like, who said it? And I'm still on the search for that. But I was just like, I had gone to Oxford years ago for this round table and I can't remember the person's name because this has like been a while. But he wrote a whole paper like on the evolution of these words. And he's like, and all of these descriptors for people of color that Mm -hmm. their descendants come from Africa have all been um, developed and assigned by white people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so he and he talked about how that was problematic, mm-hmm. but that but that's true. And so who then gets to decide? Shouldn't it be you labeled me this? So mm-hmm. now I get to decide h- how it gets appropriated, right? Right. right. You know, and that goes back to the right to to you know using the N word and are you doing the ER or the A? You know. I think, and I also think what it comes down to is generalization alert. I feel in certain situations, white people don't know how to be told that they can't do something. I think, I mean, I'm making a full-on generalization, acknowledging it, but historically speaking, white men have always had the power to say what people can and cannot do. Right. Mm -hmm. So if that is the case, or white, straight white men. Let's just keep going down the sure. line. Mm-hmm. For for a majority of the time, and usually when I get the pushback, I don't I don't really get a lot of pushback from white women. Like I think in a, in a group setting, I've heard white women be like, "But I don't understand why it's so big of a di-. in a group setting." But in terms of like a full on argument, I've had the argument more with white males, mm-hmm. and I think it just comes from like when you consistently have the power to say someone can or cannot do something, when you receive that, you're like, wait, but you get to do it. Ergo, if we're talking about equality, I should get to do it as well. Well, and it's also because, like, the only, if you never have the experience of being not allowed to do something because of who you are, and then on top of that, all the rhetoric you are fed with good reason is mm-hmm. you can't stop people from doing something because of who they are. Mm-hmm then it does, I get how it feels like a double standard. You told me my whole life that I couldn't stop people from doing things because of who they are. Now you're stopping me from doing something because of who Mm -hmm. I am. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, yeah, but while we told you to, like, you can't stop people from doing things because of who they are, you kept doing it. Like, we kept saying it because you kept doing it. Because everyone kept telling people you can and cannot do things because of who you are. And so, like, in this tiny case... 
which will not impact you economically, socially. It doesn't take anything from you. That's the Mm -hmm. thing is it doesn't take anything from you. Yes, it does. It takes power. Right. Well, so there's that. Yeah. Yeah. This, I'm point. telling you, yes. this we're always gonna. Mm-hmm. This whole entire thing, we're gonna comes back to power, back power. to power and or money. money, power and money, which you're, is the same thing. Yeah, yes. you're telling me awesome. I can't say something. How dare you? I own this country. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting. Oh wait, sorry. Well, no, just no. to to, I had a conversation once about like, I own this country. It's like. This feeling of being in the majority and being dominant is like a lot of what people are defending because people rightly have a fear of being in the minority. Just mm-hmm. like in any, I mean, even if you took away the context of, you know, this half a millennium of discrimination against specifically black Americans and the history of slavery and all that, just people know that in general, You'd rather be in the big group than the small group. Mm-hmm. And I think that yep. there's this uh, 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 sort of natural human fear of anything that says, well, actually, no, you are not the big group. You are not the powerful group. You're not the majority. We actually have decided that now the majority is the people who say, yeah, white people can't say nigga. Or mm-hmm. we think the majority is, and it's not, but the majority now is people who don't think you should stand up and put your heart over your your hand over your heart for the American flag, right? Mm-hmm. And people, that's so much of the symbols or the um, rituals around the symbols and the rituals around the word mm-hmm. are about who is in the majority. And that's, yeah. a, again, same thing. Mm-hmm. It's about power. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, even people who, and I, you know, this is about a lot of the history of race, is even people who do not really have any real power want that power of being in the majority group. Mm. So at least the people who have the power are more looking out for me than they are those people over there. Except for mm. comma, that is not always the case. <laughs> Very often not the case. <laughs> Good talk. You know why? Because you don't have the money, a.k.a. the power. They're not really looking out for you. But good try. Good try. <laughs> I see how you arrived at such a conclusion. You were just wrong. So I don't know. Um, can, I, can I bring up one symbol that's actually not on the list? That I feel no, very absolutely about. not. Has to be on the list. So. <laughs> I know. It, this is the rules. Listen. Listen. She I made, made the rules. <laughs> Go ahead. In this situation, Janelle has the power. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, one symbol that I feel really ambivalent about is not just a cross, and I say this as like a queer Christian, like you have a complicated relationship with that term because I'm not like I go to church or anything, but like I think the Bible, a plus, full of good ideas, right? Um, <laughs> full of good ideas and an amount of historical truth to be determined, but I think more than less. But that's a whole other question about right. We're somewhere beliefs. else. <laughs> um, but as like a queer Christian person, I have a positive relationship to like if you just draw, you know, like a one long line and a short line kind of in the middle of that mm-hmm. long line. Mm-hmm. If it's just like a regular old cross, I have a positive relationship to that. But That certain... would look like a lowercase t for those of you who aren't watching him draw it. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, like a basic stick figure cross. Positive. <laughs> but if it's that cross with a certain kind of writing that you see in like Plano and every other mm-hmm. like bougie house and they put it in the window. Like I feel about that the same way I feel about what is on the list. The whole black, back the blue flag. It's like, Ooh, well, let's get to in all of you. theory, I don't have a problem with this symbol. It's not like I have a pride. I don't want police officers to get killed on duty. 
if that's what you mean by back the blue A plus, if what you mean by this cross symbol is like, I think the Bible is a good book. Great, we're on the same page here. Mm-hmm. But because of how it is used and who uses it, it means to me instead, I don't like any of this complaining about the police. I don't like all this kneeling. Mm-hmm. I don't like all these gay people. I don't like all the gay people on TV. I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. and even though I should not have a problem with what the symbol should mean, quote unquote, mm-hmm. or originally means, quote unquote, but how it's practiced, like, I, I see that in your little window. I'm like, okay. Like, because I, I, I used to do, like, a, a fair amount of canvassing for politicians, and I'm like, well, I see that in the window, and I just know, okay, <laughs> you are not probably going to be re- receptive to what I personally have to say on today. Or mm-hmm. to you. Right, or to me as a human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe this isn't the door I should knock on, because... You might not walk away. Right, exactly. Like, so, and it's funny that... So, so even though it wasn't on the list, comma, I also have to point out that like we sometimes be on the right same wavelength because oh, I yeah, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> co-hosting like Wonder yes. Twins unite or something I don't know um, so because I I did want to ask a, a couple of questions so one of the questions you you actually God there are like three things I wanted to ask um, I'm going to just put it out there so that if I forget somebody can remind me queer um, cross and let's just go with that so. Part of um, what came up in our conversation, um, and again, I think it has to do with age. We were talking. That's that's where we came. Uh, we came up with it is specifically also the word. Also, when she says "our," she's talking about Dylan. Dylan, yes. thank you. <laughs> I'm really bad at that, and Jack yells at me all the time. Jack, the ghost who's here that you can't hear, that he never <laughs> wants to tell you he's here. Um, so, uh, Dylan and I and another uh, coworker were talking about. Um, words in particular, and the word queer came up. Um, and he was saying how he just doesn't say that word because it's our a bad word. Our other coworker. Word. Yes, the, yeah. yes. Mm. pronouns. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our other coworker was saying how he just doesn't say that word. Um, it's a bad word, um, and he's just not going to use it. He's never used it, much like the N-word for mm-hmm. him. He was saying the exact same thing. And so my question to him is I have friends who self-identify as queer. Mm-hmm. So at what point... Can that be used, and is it okay? And I and I think also we didn't say this at the top, but I think a lot of the times it's you also hear the attitude with which something is said, and that will change a lot of it. Um, So that being said, at what point is it okay? Like I'm not saying you walk around with a queer shirt, right? I'm not saying that you carry a flag that says I like to use the word queer. I'm saying if people are self-identifying with it. At what point is it okay to not view it as a bad word and then kind of be on guard when people say it? And at what point is it almost an insult to people who self-identify as queer? Mm -hmm. So when I hear you talking about as a queer Christian, specifically, that's one of these words that, again, and we haven't really touched on it, but I think we're going to um, when we talk about hijacking words, but also the reclaiming of certain words Clearly, at his age or when he was being raised, the word queer was negative. Clearly, for you, the word queer... Well, to be fair, it was very negative when I was a kid. Right. Mm -hmm. But now, I I mean, you see queer all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is an acceptable... And even that is like people fight over whether or not queer is an appropriate word to use effectively as shorthand for 
LGBTQIA, mm-hmm. any other identities that fit mm-hmm. under that spectrum, right? Because um, a lot of people, like, I think that in the past, and still for some people, queer has a more specific meaning. Mm-hmm. And I think, but whereas I think a lot of us, myself included, use it to mean, like, not cishet and what variety of not cishet I am, we can talk about it. If we can, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If we can have that conversation more, mm-hmm. we can eventually get to it. Right. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. That's all I have. Just No, I, I, I mean, I... That I term just, has a lot of histories in many directions, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I, and I'm, I don't know that we have the answer to it. I'm all about just, I'm cool with posing questions and then letting people think about it on their own. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I, I do think at some point when I see people react a certain way to the word queer, I think of my friends who are queer and I'm like, that's, that's mm. not offensive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I take offense to the fact that you find that offensive. Mm. Um, and, and I don't know at what point reclaiming is, is, I don't know if I want to say useful, but is it like when we're talking about the N word and how we now use it and it's acceptable within certain people, um, is queer not acceptable? And and like, I guess when when is reclaiming it effective? When is it? And when does it become effective for everybody? For everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel in many ways similar about the word bitch. Like mm-hmm. in. There are contexts where, mm-hmm. right, like, oh, bitch, blah, 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 like Billy Porter. The Billy yeah. Porter version of bitch, right? Mm-hmm. Is that okay to be broadly reclaimed? I think it, it has been I, question mark. Mm-hmm. I will say there are mother figures. I'm not saying my mother has called me <laughs> a bitch before in, in certain situations. You bitch, I've told you. Right. Like, so, like, there are times where, the, I mean, I, Again, you can call me a bitch in a whole other tone. About context. In context. Context, and, context and does and tone context and tone both matter. Um, but I and I think and I think that is at the end of the the root of it all. But I think that at some point, like I don't even know where I fall because I because I mm-hmm. absolutely use the N word and I will I am unlikely to stop immediately Mm -hmm. um but i also police it in certain situations Mm -hmm. so i also know that my grandmother doesn't like it exactly i know that she doesn't like it i won't say it around her and i feel like at the end of the day what people say when they say well i don't think i should have to or it's going to be hard because there's a song and my thought is is you knew not to say shit fucking damn in front of your in front of your mom right you exactly. you knew that when you went to school that was okay but right. if you came home and you used those words you knew you might not see the light of day uh, i'm just saying mm-hmm. <laughs> or any other assorted things <laughs> <laughs> And I so think, I think uh, yeah, go ahead. I think it's interesting too that now we're in such a digital age where we have social media and we have texting and we have all of these written forms of communication where context and tone are so much harder to mm-hmm. gather. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being able to identify through these means someone's tone or mm-hmm. how they're using a word becomes mm-hmm. so much more difficult than it would be through in-person communication i um my brother is uh is gay and he plays a lot of online video games and he goes into chat and he will use the f slur 
and he was <laughs> that's, that's wow yeah. that's kind of fascinating yes <laughs> uh he was called out by someone saying hey you can't use that word that's an offensive word you shouldn't use it and he has to explain at that point no no i'm gay it's okay for me right. it's okay for me you know and so i i just think that's fascinating and that's interesting because if there wasn't that communication between him and that person online then is the use of that word and the, and the positive reclamation of it is that damaging in some way is there a closeted person who doesn't feel comfortable with themselves who hears that and then is more challenged and is more afraid of of coming out or something like that is there obstacles that come with it especially written communication specifically um that can be faced when you're reclaiming a word what do you guys think about that? Dylan well, with the good question. <laughs> there's a, it's similar to this thing that people do on Twitter where, like, black people will say, nigger, write it out with the ER. Yes. Like, yeah. as a negative thing. Like, it means, it means like, it's definitely an insult. Mm-hmm. But then it's, so I think, I think the same thing happens a lot with fact. I think, like, a mm-hmm. whole lot. Like, in fact, yeah, same thing, same thing. Gay people on Twitter call each other faggots, like, in a negative way. And it means, it definitely means like yeah. it's an insult. Yeah. It's, it's like a joking insult. Right. But yeah, it's not the yeah, insult yeah. that it was right. when it was made up by straight people to like say you should be an outcast from society and you're disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would never like, I'm just now learning like that whole culture and like what, it, you know, what is acceptable and how do I make feel people feel comfortable. And I Mm -hmm. think if that matters to you, someone's um, value, how they see themselves, how they're accepted in a classroom or one-on-one in my office or even out in the world on, on, you know, in the Starbucks line. Mm -hmm. If, if I'm, if my goal is to be kind and honest with my interactions with people, then I try and it's a challenge to like, okay, what, and ask questions. You know, so be self-reflective. So I have friends that happen to be gay. But, you know, like, you're my friend first. And so whatever else you do is whatever else. But when I cultivate those friendships, if I have a question or I want to know what's appropriate or what, you know, some guidance, then I know I have a friend that I can say, hey, and just be honest with, I am so confused. (laughs) And this is what I do. I am so confused. Like, now there's a cue at the end of the, so help me. What is the cue? What does that that mean? mean? Mm -hmm. Like, because, you know, the generation I am, that was an offensive word. I mean, I knew that the F word was too. Mm -hmm. And so, but I knew queer was. And so now that that's changing, you know, I'm going to be true to what that person wants because I feel that's what they deserve. Mm -hmm. So if you find it as a gay person that to be an offensive word, then I'm not going to use that word right. with you. Right. I'm just going to be very careful. Yeah, I have interactions with students, like you know, stu- you know, transgender. That's a whole other thing. And so I have 
colleagues that were like, we're so confused. Like, what do we do now? Because right. they're coming up and they're saying, these are my pronouns. I'm like, what? What are you, right. what are you talking about? And so I'm like, no, no. And I've just got to be honest. I'm just like, they, but that's one person. Why am I going to say they? Right. And I had to stop and just like, stop. You're putting yourself into this. Right. Take yourself out, Liz. Right. And just listen to, you know, this is the reason why. And it takes some self adjustment. So mm -hmm. I had a student that, you know, hey, before class, when you call the role, this is not my name. Okay, sweetie, what what do you want me to call? You know, what would you, and just, mm -hmm. and just so students are teaching me. Yeah. And I have yeah. to be honest with them and say, I may mess up. I'm learning. And so gonna I'm going to need you mm -hmm. to help me. And so there's a bunch of us because of, I think, more than anything, our generation mm -hmm. uh, that are like, they're like, why can't we just, well, that's not about, about us. Yeah. Like yeah. Sometimes right. everything is not about right. you. Which mm -hmm. also could go back to the question of why white people can't say. Exactly. White. Because it's not sometimes about you. it's not about you. Yes, and that true. at the end of the day, a lot of the things that we're saying, it could come down because it's not about you. When you're calling someone else, it becomes you're you're addressing someone else. It now becomes about them. <laughs> and it's you owe them that thing. If, if you were a doctor and you wanted someone to address you as a doctor, I bet you would make sure that they exactly. said doctor mm -hmm. right. every single time. Right. Exactly. I bet that that's what you would want. And I could tell you from experience of growing up <laughs> black that if Mrs. Jenkins says she wanted to be called Auntie Jenkins, you better Auntie, call Auntie. Mrs. Auntie. Ma'am. <laughs> right? All of it. They will make sure. That, and, and you would do it. And mm -hmm. I don't understand why that is is super hard because people have to go out of their way for it because people have to they have to self-reflect and they have to to make those adjustments and yeah. sometimes that's just too much work yeah. for for people i think and it's about power like you all like you said like mm. hi certain, we hadn't said the p word in a long time <laughs> power in a certain way saying call me xyz is asserting power it mm -hmm. is saying and 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 I think this is what people freak out about, especially in in uh, higher education, is this idea of call me what I want to be called, and if you if you like aggress if you're aggressive about not doing that, you may actually be in trouble with your school, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody has ever gotten in trouble for being like, oh, I forgot to call you that. So mm -hmm. sorry, but. Right. There's just ways I think you can go about it, and and some things I've even just learned here recently. So you know I. Your name is important. That's name what is you yeah. were, important. you know, yeah. and so a lot of times people don't want to go through the trouble when you're calling role. And this is K through 12, mm -hmm. so, you know, right. as well, when you're, I think, so much more impressionable than college. But still, you know, and I'm like, I, I want to get your name right. And I can see the frustration sometimes if I'm struggling, mm -hmm. and, and but you're doing it in front of an entire class of other people. And so yeah. they're just like, it's not Jorge, just Joe. It's just Joe. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, no, you know, no, no. No, names are important. Right. But if I'm like making this huge big thing about it in front of the class, you're putting that person may not want to be in that spotlight. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, someone said a tool. They were like, I just stand at the door on the first day and I just have private conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, how do I pronounce your name before you start mm -hmm. struggling mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. front of everyone and put them on the spot to try mm -hmm. to make your life a little bit easier mm -hmm. as you're saying the name. Oh, I mean, and some yeah. students are just like, you know what? All my life, everyone has always screwed it up. So I just say George. I know what it's spelled like in the thing, but it's just George. And I'm just like, are you sure? Like, don't ask them. Or is your, 
they're telling you Liz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it just okay. Mm-hmm. Just right. write it. You and know? I think that's also hard for me because I have a friend um, that I went to school with, and her name is Kyra Tay. It's I'm gonna spell it right. Shout out to Kyra Tay. She goes by Marissa for this reason, but also can often be misspelled. Um, but it's capital K E R I, uh, capital T E, with accents on both of the vowels on either side. So her name is Kyra Tay, um, and she said when people see it, people just say Kyra Tay, and it's fine. It's fine. And I made it a point all through college. I was like, your mama named you Kyra Tay. I'm gonna call you Kyra Tay. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. And so, so like, if I call her by that name, it's either gonna be Marissa or Kyra Tay, but. I, it's hard for me because because my belief, and so that's that's a lesson to me, is like, it's not always about you. She said people just call her Carrie Tay. She's fine with it. But for me, names are so important. And mm-hmm. if that is your name, now, if you don't want to be called that, that's different. it's different. Right. But if your name, and I, I made it a point, uh, one of the uh, cast members, I went back and forth, and I had pri- private conversations with him because I don't know, do you want to go by this name, let's just say George, right? So, like, do you mm-hmm. want to go by George or do you want to go by Jorge? And every time he kind of changed on me. And mm-hmm. and then I would be like, what do you mean for this episode? Like, I asked you, what do you want to be called? And, and I think it is. It comes down to, like, it's just easier. I don't want to argue with you about it. George is what y'all know. So, George is what it is. And, and I, I feel badly about that. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Mm-hmm. People should take, because that shows respect. If I take the time to learn what you want to be called, how you want to be addressed, it's something super small that I can do that shows you that I respect mm-hmm. who you believe you are. And I right. think in a, in a strictly technical sense, if, we, if we're talking about names, if we're talking about pronouns as well, especially when it comes to straight white men, uh, you are, by saying, I would like to be, I would like to go by these pronouns, you are issuing a service to that person and they are your worker. They have to say like, okay, I am going to do this for you. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of straight white men out there who don't want to do that for certain groups. Not even just straight white men. Now I will say I have, I feel that it is, fairly gendered. I do think that men have more of a problem with it than women and that mm-hmm. has to do with how we socialize women from like little mm-hmm. girls that their job is to like be, be nice to people and, and help. Yeah. Yeah. Which is silly. But that's a whole other Another one. That's a whole other Another conversation. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean I certainly have had that same struggle with a lot of black men. I'm sure that people have I mean I think it's not to say that it's not just it's I'm sure there are plenty of women who also are up in arms. I mean, there are plenty of cable news networks to go on mention that you can find women that would have issues with that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, You've gotten so good at that. Right. I'm so, listen, this is a <laughs> political podcast, so I don't talk about political things. <laughs> He's gotten um, really good. Um, but, but, but yeah, I think that a lot of it is just, is men, when you like put something on I'm not going to lie. I used to be the same way. Like, when I was in college was the first time I heard about somebody who wanted to be referred to as they. And I was like, I'm an English major. They is a plural pronoun. Right? Mm-hmm. And and then you meet somebody that goes by they, and they're like, I use they. And it's like, oh, this is, this is going to make you, like, five times more comfortable for 
or just five times more respected for me to do zero work. Mm-hmm. I'm doing no work. Is it zero work? It's I not, struggle it's because not zero no, work. Well, well, not zero. Only because but close because I feel like I'm I for, I forget. Like maybe because my circle isn't diverse enough. I don't know, but I just I forget, and so I'm always like I'll stop. Like I have a coworker that it's I'm like, but when I see this person, they present in very masculine oh, yeah. form. So I'm always say right. I my first instinct is to say he is to use um, male, male pr- pronouns, pronouns yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so I've just gotten to where I'm just like I say the person's name. I just, so I might Which, say their so name five hundred times, yep. but I'm not gonna mess up on the pronoun. But I, I, I think that was actually Dr. who had said that on a on a previous episode, where Dr. was like, "It's a really easy fix if you just say their name." Yep. It, like if 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 you if you and 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 they generally still appreciate that because mm-hmm. you're still calling them by their name and right. and and if you say like, "I will do my," but I mean, I think a lot of people are okay when people are working. At yep. Right. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. I think most people are okay when people are working at something. There's effort. And yes, and I think that and it's the effort that says something. I do. I wanna. I wanna kind of I, because we had we hadn't talked about Confederate flags. You sent a really oh. Liz, Liz sent. I'm getting better. I'm trying. Liz sent a really good uh, article. You also mentioned something about how you feel about the All Lives Matter flag, which is also where some of this, when I started coming up with this idea, my feeling to me is that the All Lives Matter flag to me represents the Confederate flag. And I don't think that it's true. I'm, I like, I know that that's not the case. But the feeling but that I like, get yeah. is that. So when I see I the Back the Blue or the All Lives Matter, which I think there are, are they interchange? I thought Back the Blue and All Lives Matter were the same, but nah. I think they're different. Okay. Yeah. Well, but I, mean, I think they, they're, they use them, inter- they're mean they're the same connected. thing. Okay. Right. Well, it's like which side of, which side of it do you want to emphasize? Right. <laughs> the be right, nice right, to right. cop side or the stop complaining black people side? Yeah. Mm. But yeah. both meanings are contained. Same thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, I feel like when I see and I and I I noticed how much I felt that when I came back, right? When I came back to the U.S. because I had from seen it Columbia. from Colombia. Mm-hmm. When I came back to the U.S., my feeling, um, I was walking around the neighborhood and I immediate and I I felt it in my chest. It was you're doing it here at home, right? It's not gonna happen. Mm-mm. I mean, you can try, but why? It will not work. Which goes back to Dylan's friend who has enough self awareness and understanding. Yes, I know that a quarter of Mm -hmm. my heritage is black, but you know that's not how I look, and maybe that's not my. That's not a experience. Right, right. So he's like, I'm not. The things that was said um, specifically about the question of the monuments on um, the survey. A lot of people said, well, it's history. So, like, a lot of people are like, okay, that's cool, we should take it down, but, like, it should still be somewhere, or it can't go away, it can't disappear. And so, that's fine. I understand their point about that. But then, this word has kind of transformed. Now, picnic only means food, not lynching, um, which thanks, um, depending on where you are in the U.S. But at what point is teaching it then kind of having the opposite do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we want to learn history and we need to understand, but that word no longer means 
picnic. Yeah, I, I personally wouldn't spend time necessarily teaching about what the word picnic and barbecue mm -hmm. meant because of the very reasons that you stated, that it no longer has that kind of mm -hmm. agency, mm -hmm. you know, or meaning. And so, mm -hmm. I mean, unless someone asked a question, I just mm -hmm. think there's so many more other um, topics to cover mm -hmm. that are much more, um, pre you know, they just, they... They still have, they're yeah. still doing things. Right, they those, still those have... Those other topics are still doing things. Right, mm -hmm. and they still have meaning mm -hmm. or whatever, so why drum those that and those are two very good examples because I knew that but mm -hmm. like until that's not something that resides mm -hmm. in the forefront of my mind because it's most people don't know that mm -hmm. I just don't know when like how do you get to that right, right? How do you... so and then when do you decide that this word no longer means that right so like it no longer means it because that's not how we use it, right? But right. if that's the case, you could say the same thing about queer. You could say the same thing about nigga with an A. You could say, like, at at some point, though, something changed. I mean, I think that the question, and this is also the question about nigga for me, is what is what function does this word serve, right? Like, what... It's like in the dictionary when things have a one definition and a two definition. Mm -hmm. Eventually two takes over one and one becomes archaic and so you can kind of like it becomes, it kind of just falls off. Mm -hmm. But if there's, if there's no alternate definition, if there's no other meaning, if there's no other use of the word, then that first meaning can never fall off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it, it has to be that there is another meaning that takes over the word. Mm -hmm. right. But if there's no other meaning, then you can't, you know what I mean? There's no, yeah, it is what it is. What about you? Did you have something? Whereas... To use queer as a noun mm -hmm. is, I think, still a slur that gotcha. you would. Oh, English major. Thank you. <laughs> well, right, because very <laughs> helpful. Yeah, yeah, oh, that like makes the world of difference. Like yeah. a queer person, yeah. fine. Mm -hmm. A queer will be a queer if you're going to say that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, which Good. I think is one of the other. I've changed mm -hmm. like beliefs or perceptions I've had is by actually asking questions, and it goes back to kind of that it's not always about you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.